for 50 years, Eva, an alien from planet Rikos, has lived in human form on Earth as Kyle Johnson. When Eva gets into a fight at the sewage treatment plant where he works, he is put into jail. A jailer overhears Ebar trying to contact his home planet and tells the authorities. Ebar is sent to the psychiatric ward of Buffalo County Hospital for evaluation, where he eventually comes under the care of Jeremy Slater. Jeremy is a young mental health professional, and Ebar's case is his first assignment. No one believes that Ebar is an alien. More to the point, everyone thinks he's crazy. After working with his patient for a month, Jeremy begins to believe Ibar truly is who he says he is, and concocts a plan. If Ibar will quit talking about being an alien and pretend he is human, Jeremy will work with him so he can get released from the hospital and go on living his life. Ibar agrees. Jeremy's egotistical boss, Dr. Richard Andrews, has other ideas. He and a friend at the Pentagon have come up with a plan of their own. Andrews will take over the case and announce to the world that Ebar really is an alien. Andrews figures it will make him famous. His plan is to keep Ebar locked up and study him for the rest of his life. Jeremy is appalled. He and Ebar have become friends, and he can't allow Andrews to take control of his friend's life. Aided by co-worker Julie and her partner Ren, the four of them go on the run, with thugs sent by the Pentagon in hot pursuit. This is a story about good and evil, and is a mirror held up to the times we live in. Ultimately though, it is a story of friendship, a friendship that changes the lives of both Eva and Jeremy forever. Jim Bates's Alien of Orchard Lake. Get your copy now at MythMart.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on, my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are gone. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to. Oh, God. My brain shut off. Welcome to Lupa's Bits. I think I'm your host, Lupa. I'm not sure today. Um, this is episode 142. Uh, see, I was so concentrating so hard on remembering the episode number, I forgot what it was the episode number for. Um, you're going to have to bear with me. My eyes are really messed up tonight for some reason. I don't know. I'm having... My astigmatism is... Uh, Strong tonight. <laughs> My eyes are strong with the force. Um, I can't see 
worth a shit. And this episode, I'm going to put it out here right at the very beginning, um, as my live studio audience likes to say, right there out on Front Street, this is not for children. This is not an episode for those easily offended. This is not an episode for... Um, Yeah, you know, if you think you might not like what I'm going to say, and I'm not going to get ranty. There's no ranty happening. This is not a ranty kind of episode. This is just a bunch of WTF moments that I have had over the past week. Um, it's October, so there's going to be that. And, yeah, there's going to be some stories that I'm going to tell you, some Florida man things that um, I'm going to share with you that are not meant for small children or anybody easily offended. Um, and I will also throw out there from the very beginning that the opinions expressed in the preceding program are, do not necessarily reflect those of the JZO Modcast Podcast Network or any of its affiliates. There we go. <laughs> My live studio audience was looking very afraid up until that point. I just watched his shoulders drop, his butt unpucker, and his balls crawl back out of his you know, lower stomach and back to where they belong. Cause you know, I'm not going to get him in trouble. <laughs> It'll fall on me. Cause you know, there was that episode that I did the whole 10 things that I can't say on my show. We may violate one or two of those tonight. <laughs> I know you can probably tell I'm feeling exceptionally. Um, I'm going to break that. If I keep doing that. <sighs> exceptionally naughty, wild, I don't know, crazy. Um, I just did a TikTok that scared the bejesus right out of me. Um, I think I peed a little near the end. Everybody who knows me knows that I have a phobia, not a fear. And we've discussed the difference between fear and phobia of sharks. But before I get to butterfly effect off of the what I need to do I need to do housekeeping <laughs> because it's there on my phone right now and I keep looking at it and yeah it's messing with my eyeballs so I need to do housekeeping okay first of all blah, 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 blah. first of all I need to slow down a little bit I am going to do a 45 minute podcast in Seven minutes and 37 seconds at this rate. Whew. Okay, here we go. Shake it off. Shake it off. Taylor Swift, shake it off. Ooh, don't do that. Whew, things bounce. Okay. So, <laughs> good thing you're not in the audience. Uh, first one, Dark Myth Publications. Hey, that's me. I am excited to... Uh, to I'm editing. Hold on. That's what that pause was. Okay. Dark Myth Publications is excited to announce the release of Dragon Sun Tales, an anthology of stories by Walter G. Esselman, which is due out October 10th. Woo -woo! It's really good, too, because I'm editing it, and, and it's, it's awesome. <laughs> I have to say, I, am, I seriously 
seriously, and I'm throwing this out there because Christmas is coming, want a Pavitaro. And if you want to know what a Pavitaro is, then you need to buy the book on October 10th. I want one. In blue. <laughs> okay. I've raised my own Gideons. I need a Pavitaro now. Okay, number two. The editor-in-chief, again, that would be me, met with the publisher of North American Productions, that would be the live studio audience, and discussed the complete lineup for 2024. I have two words for that complete lineup of 2024. Holy shit! <laughs> it's an extensive lineup! Um... And we plan to begin pr producing chapbooks along with, we have, how many books planned? We have enough books. We have so many books coming out next year that I have two, not one, two editors, managing editors underneath me. If they quit squirming, I'd get a firmer seat, too. Um, yeah, I have one. I have a managing editor over for Dark Myth Comics. That would be Mike Lutz. And then I have Michael Arnold for Dark Myth Publications. And he is taking the overflow, and he will be responsible. Everything will still run through me for the final, you know, of approval. Um, but yeah, I need, I need help. <laughs> so, uh, unbeknownst to me, the, uh, owner of the company just went out and got help and went and, and the thing with, with that he's learned, <laughs> it's really kind of funny. I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I got a little snitty about something. I can't remember what it was. I was butthurt about something. And then I, I kind of stopped. And I could hear my dad in my head going, it's better to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. And that translates over into our business relationship because he knows very well if he comes to me and says, I think you need help. Maybe you should hire somebody. I'm going to bite his face off. I'm going to tell him he's full of shit. Go away. I can do my damn job. And I'm still going to struggle. <laughs> So he's kind of learned over the five plus years we've been working together that he should just go and hire somebody and then tell me he's hired somebody and then put up with the mini wrath that he's going to have and the cold shoulder and the <laughs> for, you know, the 20 seconds that that happens until he calls me and he smiles and I see the dimple and it's all forgiven. Um, then it is to ask me to hire somebody because I won't do it. So he went out. And he got the two mics. And, hey! <laughs> and then told me about it. So, uh, yeah, there's that. Um, Dark Myth Comics, speaking of which. <laughs> yeah, don't think I didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> I'm smart that way. Uh, Dark Myth Comics. The news there is after issue 12 of American Smash, 
A multi-person team will work on American Smash Annual number one, which will tie in issue 12 to issue 13. So basically what it does is it tells the story of how they got from where they were, where we left them in issue 12, to where we start out in issue 13, and all the fun and frivolity that Hero and Sidekick can have in, a, in, in that space. Now, there are four of us. There are four of us. So, six. And nine is 15. Sixty-nine. Yes, what about it? <laughs> He's waving his hands going, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, six. Four. Bless you. Sixty-four pages. Yes, I got it. <laughs> that was the hardest game of charades ever. He did sixty-nine, and I stopped. <laughs> There's no more blood left in my brain. I'm a working female. <laughs> you say sixty-nine. Stop it. Anyway. Hot in here. Although, in my defense, it is 80 degrees in my apartment at 12.30 at night. Okay, so. There's four of us. It's 64 pages. Um, each of us writes 16 pages. And uh, Mr. Montoya just finished writing his 16. And then the next writer, which is me. We'll be picking up the mantle and putting a little woman's touch on this locker room humor. And, I mean, come on. Everybody knows women are worse than men. <laughs> we are raunchier than men. Um, and then it'll get passed on to the next writer and then to the final writer. And then it'll go right into uh, issue 13. Okay, so contracts and rewards. For the winners of the Open Contract Challenge 2023 have all been sent out, officially closing the 2023 season and allowing the chief director the rest, a rest, until next March. So thank you everybody who entered and made our fifth year a success. Um, congratulations to our winners. And hope to see you guys all next year. Remember, March. So start working on your stories now. Start polishing those ideas. Learning what a synopsis is. You know, do the things. All right. Uh, number... I don't know. Where am I? Uh, number five. Don't forget to check out Mythmart as our inventory continues to grow. And you can check that out at www.mythmart.com. Okay, that concludes the official I have to say this crap and do this stuff part of the show. As you can see, I'm in a little smart-assy mood tonight, so. <laughs> I have no idea why. Um, well, I do. I was watching smart-ass TikToks. And um, 
And earlier in the week, I was sent, nope, that is the book I'm editing. We don't want to put that up there. I don't, no, don't close it, you dummy. Okay. So we're going to start out with, what are we going to start out with? Um, let's talk, here we go. This is, this is the violation for, speaking of violations, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I am two for two tonight. So. I've been on TikTok for three years, never gotten a community guideline violation, ever. Tonight, I got not one, I got two community guideline, two community guideline violations. You were busy playing with the ring when I got the second one. So, I did a video with a squash head, and I was singing a song, and our live studio audience commented and said, too cute. So I commented, weirdo. Well, apparently, that violates community guideline, community, it was a community, community guideline violation. And they took the comment down, like, lickety split. I don't even think that the heat had dry, had lessened on my keyboard from typing the letters on my phone before it was gone. Ooh, I got my first community guideline violation. I'm, I'm, I've made it. I'm here. I am amongst the TikTok famous now. So then I was, you know, kind of feeling my oats and decided I'm going to make some TikToks. And I made this one. Now, y'all know my catchphrase is don't lick shit. And I'm scrolling TikTok and I come across this video and it has a section in the video of a guy licking a pole in a subway station. So I took that clip, that one piece, out, put it at the beginning of my video, and then stitched in saying, you know, we've talked about this, don't lick shit. It got taken down for dangerous, and, what is it, hang on, let me read it to you. Let me read it to you. I'm, I, I appealed it. I appealed it, because, you know, I think that's the thing you do. When you get a violation, you have to appeal it. Let's see. What do we got here? Uh, okay. Where are we? Let me see. Where is it? Do, do, do. System notifications. Here we go. Okay. So, I got my first account update, my first violation. Uh, a comment that I posted was removed for violating our community guidelines. And then a video that I posted was removed for violating our community guidelines. So, yeah, I got it taken down and it was taken down for dangerous activities and challenges and alcohol, tobacco and drugs. What? <laughs> the dude is licking a pole in the subway. Okay, so I can I can I can kind of go along with the dangerous activities, but I mean, come on, he's not jumping off of a building. He's licking a pole. The only one that's going to suffer is him. And he's probably now immune to just about anything. Um he's also a walking petri dish for diseases they haven't even invented yet, but I don't understand where the alcohol and drugs came in. I wasn't doing any I swear, he wasn't doing any, although I think you'd have to be kind of high 
to lick a pole in a subway, especially if it's in New York. <laughs> but, yeah, it got the violation reasons. And I'm wondering if somebody actually reported it. If somebody reported the video. Because you would have to give reasons why um, it was dangerous and dangerous activities and challenges, which, okay, you know, all right, dude's licking a pole. Um, most activities or challenges are appropriate for everyone, but some carry the risk of a significant injury. We do not allow showing or promoting dangerous activities and challenges. I wasn't, I, I okay. Seriously? Alexa, turn on lamp. Dude, you're a minute early. Silence. He says nothing. Normally, when I talk to him, when he's still blue, he comes back with, I'm sorry, I don't know that one. This time, nothing. Silence. And now there's something moving down my hallway because my camera just went off and it's facing down that way. <laughs> okay. So this includes dares, games, tricks, inappropriate use of dangerous tools, eating substances that are harmful to one's health. Okay, so licking a subway pole, harmful to one's health, more than likely. Now, the drugs and alcohol one. This is why they banned it for drugs, tobacco, and alcohol. While adults may pers make personal choices about how they engage with alcohol, drugs, and tobacco, we recognize that there are risks connected to trading and using these substances. We do not allow showing or promoting recreational drug use or the trade of alcohol, tobacco products, and drugs. So whoever reported the video must have thought the dude was high. I never once in the video said, what are you high? What kind of drugs are you on? Have you been drinking? No. All I said was, we've talked about this. Don't lick shit. I say it every day on my TikToks. So I'm a little, I, I appealed it. I appealed it. So I'm a little interested to see. And I mean, these were almost back to back. Um, the account, the comment violation was, and all I said was weirdo, laughing my ass off, little hearty face. That's all I said. Apparently you're not allowed to call people weirdos. Um, the content is against our community guidelines. The guidelines include rules and standards, blah, 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 blah. That was at uh, 2048, which would be uh, 848. Yes, 848. Look at me using the 24-hour clock. Fireman's daughter. Uh, so 848 is when the comment violation came in. And then the video violation happened at 8.45. <laughs> so they were in, within minutes of each other. Kind of proud of myself, actually. I'm waiting to see if I get any more banned. Because <laughs> I went on to make more TikToks after that. Um, what is happening here? Why? My fingers aren't working. Okay, stop. Do that. What is happening? I have... Oh, okay. Uh, my shark video is blowing up. Okay, as I was saying, y'all know. If you know me, you know. 
Uh, I just posted it. It has 203 views already. <laughs> um, I don't like sharks. Let me rephrase that. I hate them. I, I am... I have an irrational phobia of sharks. You can't change my mind. You can't talk me out of it. You can't convince me that they're okay. I don't care that there are sharks that are good for you, that won't eat you, that are gentle, that are kind, whatever. I'm pretty sure if they have teeth, they will gnaw on me at some point in time. That's all that matters. Doesn't matter if they can swim in fresh water, doesn't matter if they can swim in salt water. Nope. They're there. And they're going to find me. And they're going to eat me. Doesn't matter if the bridge collapses and I fall off the bridge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a phobia. And it happens. So somebody anonymously, Mish, it's got to be. She's the only person that I know that would be ballsy enough to send me a video with a blind duet this at the top of it and it'd be a shark video and it'd be well wait there might be one other person see all it was was a user and a bunch of numbers there was no picture there was nothing on the account to tell me anything about about who it might be there's one other person that it might be um, only and the only reason why I think of the other person is because they were actually there. OK, so it could be three other people and it's only it's either Mish or these three other people. And one I ruled out because his wife does TikTok, but he doesn't. And he wouldn't care. He wouldn't. I, I don't think he would. He would traumatize me like that because <laughs> he wouldn't see it. So he wouldn't get to see the reaction of me blind duetting this. Um, the other boy, I don't know. He might just because, you know, he's mean that way. Or their father. Because those three were there with me on the ride when the first encounter with the shark happened. Now, I will say they have changed the ride because we were in a freaking boat on the water. This one is a train on a track. Now, I don't know if this is Universal Studios in California. Maybe the Jaws ride is different there. The one in Florida. I mean, it looked similar, which is why in the video I said, oh, I recognize this. And I see the shark hanging from the dock and I'm like, oh, crap, I know what this is. I've been here. Um, the one in Florida, you're in a boat in the water. And I was a very trusting person back then. Not so much now. Um, I was told, sit here, you'll be safe. Because I made it perfectly clear I am going on this ride for the love of my family. I also made it perfectly clear I was more than willing to sacrifice said family for my personal safety. They laughed. Four minutes into the ride, they weren't laughing anymore. 
because Mommy had taken the youngest child and was willing to dangle it over the side of said boat. I'm telling you, I had hands on the child. The child was whipped out of his seat and in front of me as a human shield, protecting me from the mechanical shark. That is the phobia. <laughs> so, I'm watching this video and I'm, I'm seeing the water and I'm seeing the boat in the water. I'm seeing the dude working on the boat in the water, and he's in the water. And then all of a sudden he starts doing that, you know, Jaws shark thing where he's going back and forth. And then he goes under and there's bubbles and the water turns red. And the girl, I, I mean, I swear they are trained in the art of sarcasm. Because the driver on the boat that I was on had this really... I mean, they've got to work in EMS or something because they have this really twisted sense of humor. The girl in this video, all you hear when the dude in the water goes under is her doing her best Phoebe impression from Friends and goes, oh, no. <laughs> well, he's an actor <laughs> and they carry on. <laughs> so and then in the video, I'm looking and I can see this thing off in the distance up the track. <laughs> And I'm getting closer to the phone going, what is that? What is that? And then it opened its mouth as it came up and I went, oh no, that's what that is. And I mean, I'm already shaking by this point. I'm sweating and I'm shaking and sweating right now as I'm telling you about it. And I'm watching the shark coming closer and closer to whoever's holding the stupid camera. And I'm thinking, okay, I can do this. And I think I'm saying it out loud. I think I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And my hands are like up at my face by now. And then all of a sudden he comes up on the side where the person with the camera is. My hands go over my eyes. I'm like, nope, <laughs> I cannot do this. No, 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 no. And I'm not going to sleep tonight. Nope. There will be no sleep. There will be no peeing in the middle of the night when it's dark. I will be leaving the bedroom door open because I will be telling that little round ball over there on the table to turn on the lights of heaven in my room because that's how bright the uh, um, echo dot lights, the, the, the light bulbs that, that, that you can control with your voice. Smart bulbs. See, <laughs> apparently the bulbs are smarter than me right now. The smart bulbs. <laughs> anyway, um, when you turn them on in the bedroom, <laughs> especially in the middle of the night when it's really dark, it's like all of a sudden the lights of heaven just open up and blast your room. And I say heaven because it's coming from above. And I know this because the power went out one night in the middle of the night while I was sleeping. When I'm sleeping, I don't generally notice the power going out, except that I did kind of wake up because my fans shut off. That I noticed. And then all of a sudden the power came back on. Well, with smart bulbs, when the power comes back on, so do they. <laughs> all of them. All of a sudden, blazing in my room. So if I need to get up in the middle of the night tonight to pee, uh, we will be lighting everything up as we go. Because when it's dark, the floor turns to water. And yes, I know I walk on water. It's a thing. But um, one misstep, and I will fall into the floor, and the shark will eat me. Just that—that's the way my brain works. Welcome to it. So yeah, 
I am waiting for, uh, I don't think I swore in that video, though. But, yeah. I'm waiting to see if any more of my, my posts get, uh, community guideline violations, because, damn, that's hilarious. I barely have over 1,100 followers, so, all the power to you. That, and I have three accounts. So if you ban one, it's okay. I got backups. <laughs> we will come back. I should start downloading all my videos, though. Okay, so, speaking of banned, um, it's October. It is October. It is 80 degrees in my apartment. I am sticking to this chair like a sinner in church on Sunday. Um, wow, that's an old one. Damn, Grandma. <laughs> Grandma's joined the party because that is something. Actually, that's something my grandfather used to say. You are sweating like a sinner in church on Sunday. Yep. <laughs> you got something you want to tell me, little girl? And I'd be like, nope, I do not. I really don't want to tell you. I'm gonna, but I don't wanna. <laughs> that was always, I'm gonna, but I don't wanna. Just so you make, make you perfectly aware, I don't wanna tell you, but I'm gonna. And that was the thing with my grandfather. As long as you told him your transgressions, The punishment was fairly mild. Now, his worst form of punishment that he dished out, and I've spoken to my mother and my aunt, and they both have, oh yeah, oh yeah. So by the time he got to me, he had had several decades of training and practice in using this form of punishment. So by the time we he got to me, it was a well-honed weapon. Razor sharp. He would look at you. And he would cross his arms. And he would settle them. Kind of settle his shoulders. And lean back against the doorframe. And he would look at you. And he would tip his head back and go, I'm very disappointed in you. And you just wanted the earth to open you up and swallow you whole to the depths of hell. Because nothing could be worse than those words out of that man's mouth. He was an amazing man. He was loving. He was funny. And when he looked at you and said, like he supported you no matter what. No matter what you wanted to do, he, I support you, I'm behind you, hoorah, you've got this. Let's go. What are we doing? Didn't matter what. He was behind me. Always supported me in everything. I wanted to put on a little skit with my dolls. Okay. Kicked everybody out of the cottage. Write your skit. Write your play. Here's a book. Here's some pencils. Write your play. I write it all down acted out. Yay! He was the loudest, cheering, clapping his hands. It was great. So when he looked at you and said, I am very disappointed in you, <laughs> to, to know that you have done something to diminish how you look in that man's eyes 
was horrific. And I think it kind of scarred all of us because my mom, my aunt, me, my sister, my brother, we are all people pleasers. If we think we have disappointed you or let you down in any way, shape, or form, we are seriously traumatized by it. I was talking to my sister today. They had extended an amazing offer to me, which I had to turn down. Um, but I was talking to her today, and I'm like, you know, I just, I'm trying to keep everybody happy, and I don't want anybody to be mad at me, and I don't want to disappoint anybody. And she's like, well, we're disappointed, but we're not mad. I'm like, oh, huh, you've crushed my soul. I've disappointed my sister. Oh, no. I'm wilting. And then I felt sick. I had a headache and I felt achy and my nose was running. I felt like crap because it, 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 that trauma kind of extends over into like a physical response. So, yeah, I know I am in for a few days of absolute abject hell uh, when I go to my sister's tomorrow. If I go to tomorrow, I might not be going until Friday. It depends on how my nephew's doing. He woke up um, this morning with a headache and a fever and a cough. And even though he might be over it in two days, I am not a spring chicken anymore. Um, I am a well-seasoned chicken. I'm not overly cooked yet. I'm just well-seasoned. And uh, it takes me a little bit longer. And I don't want to be sick and trying to pack and trying to clean my apartment and trying to, you know, do all the things that I need to do to get myself in order for my trip in November. So I can't be sick. And nobody, nobody, nobody wants to be on a plane with head coat. Trust me, I know, I've done it. I flew from Florida to California with RVS, RSV, RSV. Yes, RSV, because the last word is virus. And it was very mucousy and very phlegmy and very snotty and very gross. And I had had some coughing fits before I left to the point where I was coughing and coughing and coughing until I threw up phlegm all over myself. So I was terrified. I was sucking lozenges like they were lifesavers, um, like literal lifesavers, not the little round colored flavored ones, but like it was going to save my life sucking on these hulls because I didn't want to start coughing because I didn't want them to kick me off the plane and have me take a COVID, have me have to take a COVID test and then get back on the plane. I didn't want to go through any of that crap. I do not want another freaking brain scratcher shoved up my nose. Not happening. So I'm trying not to cough. And at that point, you still had to wear masks. We were still masking on closed, enclosed spaces back then. So of course, um, I'm flying from a hot weather climate, humid climate, into Denver where it's cold. No, I flew straight. So I'm going from a hot weather climate to a cool weather climate. So I am dressed accordingly because it's air conditioned in the airport. So I figured I'd be okay. 
Um, generally, it's cooler on the plane, so I figured I'd be okay. And I could angle that little ceiling knobby round thingy on me. I'm getting really good at angling those. Um, and I would be okay. I would be cool. And I, I made sure once I got through security, I bought some water, I bought some pop, I bought liquid to keep me quenched so I wouldn't cough. <coughs> no such luck. <laughs> we reached about 35,000 feet, and everything in my lungs decided it wanted to be on the outside of my lungs. So I started coughing, and I'm trying not to cough. So you know how you're, like, holding your cough back? And when your sinuses are plugged and you're going up and pressure's changing, you know, pressure changes, your ears get plugged. Oh, it was a nightmare. Nightmare, I tell you. Nightmare. So I don't want to get sick. As much as I want to see my sister and my nieces and my nephew and my brother-in-law before I leave, the little walking Petri dishes are germ-infested. I will call them and wave from the phone. How you doing? Um... Yeah, no, I'm not going down there if they're sick. <laughs> not happening. But, um, yeah, so I was soul-crushed that I at the thought of having disappointed my sister. Because they thought it would be a wonderful opportunity for me. Because I'll probably never get a chance to go to Cancun. Um, it's, it's not really a place that I've, I've ever aspired to go to. But, you know, all-expense-paid trip to Cancun. But... I made a promise, and I am, okay, so you know what, let's just lay it out, let's just tell the truth. I mean, that is the truth, part of the truth, but it's not the whole truth. The truth is, I have waited since April to see my boyfriend and his kids. I'm not waiting another month. I don't care if it is on a sandy beach with palm trees and little umbrella drinks. I'm not waiting another month. There are palm trees in California. <laughs> There are palm trees in California, right next to the house. There are palm trees. I know they're palm trees. So if I want to sit under a palm tree in the sand and drink a, and, and have a little umbrella drink, I can do that. I have done the beach thing with my nephew and my nieces this summer. We actually did it this summer. We went to the beach a few times. Um, so a beach is a beach, no matter where you are. Yes, I understand that there is differences in sand and the ocean in Cancun is blue, <coughs> but the water in Ontario is blue too. Not, I mean, there are places in Ontario that look just like Cancun, but anyway, I digress. Um, and I know they were kind of hoping that I would go so that I could babysit while they went out on, you know, and have a few drinks and just kind of date night and stuff like that. But, I'm counting down the days since July. I don't want to wait another month. <laughs> as fun as it would be, I would be sitting in Cancun watching my sister and her husband be affectionate and loving and hugging and kissing and being their cute little family. And I would spend the entire time missing the cute little family that I should have already been seeing. And my brother-in-law said, well, you know, then you can just extend your visit in California by a month. No, I can't. It doesn't matter where you go in the world. You can only be out of Canada for six months less a day. 
doesn't matter where out of Canada it is. So if I'm going to Cancun for 16 days, that lessens the time that I have to spend with Dave and the kids by 16 days. It doesn't extend it. It lessens it. So, I mean, I knew the minute he said it to me, I was going to say no. But I wanted to let him think that I was thinking about it, that I was considering it, that I was appreciative of the offer. Um, and I mean, I mean, I even looked into flights like I could work at where I could go to California, be there for the 14 days, fly from from California to Cancun. And then from Cancun back to Florida or back to California, I don't know why I'm going to Florida. Uh, back to California. And I'd only be gone like two weeks. But. See this is where. I'm a woman of my word comes in. I also made another promise. That I would do Thanksgiving. That we would host Thanksgiving. So I would cook the turkey. And the stuffing. And the mashed potatoes. And the homemade gravy. And the pies. Not doing pumpkin. We will buy us. We will buy. A, I'm traumatized by that pie. I'm pretty sure Zoe's traumatized by that pie. <laughs> I bought pre-mixed pumpkin seasoning to put into pumpkin pie, but it never told me how much to use, so it didn't turn out very well. That is not something you can eyeball. And I don't like pumpkin pie, so it's not like I knew that it tasted bad. I didn't taste it. Um, I can make pecan pie. I won't make lemon meringue again. I made it once and I made homemade dough. That was enough. Um, but I will make, uh, I can't say pecan pie. It was because I accidentally bought walnuts instead of pecans. So I will make a walnut pie, which I know somebody loves very, very much. <laughs> he said that was the best dessert I'd ever made. And I made a lot of desserts while I was there. I made Sweet Marie bars, Nanaimo bars, I made Tres Leches, I made, um, which I am going to try again. I'm going to try that again, just, you know, for shits and giggles. <laughs> See if I can get it right this time, because it was very dry the last time. But that's because I was so freaked out and paranoid that... It was going to be like sopping wet and soggy. I didn't realize it was supposed to be sopping wet and soggy. So I drained off some of the milk. <laughs> so we're going to try it again. Get it right. Because it is our live studio audience favorite dessert in the entire world. And we're going to be eating healthy and we're going to be going to the gym. Now, see, I've thrown that out there now. <laughs> it's out there. And we can work off any calories that we may eat. When we're, you know, being naughty, having a dessert. Um, I think for me, the lifestyle change needs to be healthy eating. Mixed with the appropriate amount of exercise and rest. That is is where I will be able to uh, maintain the correct body weight. Because I talked to my new doctor, because my doctor is retiring, apparently. I've had this guy since I was 
In grade three. So I would have been Lily's age. Yeah, I would have been eight. Seven or eight or nine. Eight. Yeah. So I've had this doctor for 40 plus years. He's been my doctor. Now I have a new doctor who I'm pretty sure is younger than my oldest child. <laughs> like, oh, dude, <laughs> I'm going to break you. I'm sorry. You're going to see things with me that you never thought possible. Read my file. My file. I have like, I think I have almost a whole drawer in the file. Well, now everything's digital. There's There aren't the actual files anymore. But my doctor used to come in, and they have to bring your entire file. And I remember back a few years ago, before everything was put onto a computer, um, my doctor, my the doctor's secretary would come in, and she would have my file. And my file was, like, this big. <laughs> okay, there was, like, three file folders of stuff. Because I am a walking, living, breathing anomaly. I am in medical journals because I am a walking, breathing, living anomaly. Um, there are things that have happened to me when I was very, very young that I should not have lived through. Came through without a scratch. There are things that medical things that happened that they have absolutely no explanation for. They don't know why it happened. And then it resolved itself. Um, I've had body parts just swell up. For no apparent reason. Um, and. Um, sorry. It's. Uh, meds time at the Montoya house. So he was just letting me know. What was going on. So I have had. Really weird medical things happen. And I am here. Touch wood. Healthy. Touch wood again. Uh, my new doctor was actually surprised. At. My um, blood work results in comparison with my heart monitor results. It's like he told me is it that if you look at the one and then you look at the other, you would think it was two different people. Welcome to me. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 interesting. Um I don't remember where I was going with this story now. <laughs> it's going to be one of those nights. Yeah, it is. So anyway, back on the topic of band. Um, there's a lot of, of stuff going on. Um, oh, I did want to... Uh, I was asked a question last night on my TikTok. Um, some guy had posted that the illustrious leader of uh, the free world that I live in and call home was stepping down. Notice how I did that and didn't actually, you know, breach the I can't say that on this platform rules. Um, Anyway, the pretty boy uh, 
it was rumored he was stepping down. So I just wanted to do a quick Google search. And from what I can see, no, he's not. So that is not a thing. Uh, everybody thinks he should. Apparently, um, there was a vote in Manitoba, and it is now an orange province instead of a red one, um, which is unusual <laughs> because it's either red or blue. Orange doesn't usually take a big sweep like that. They usually get enough votes to retain their seat in the House. But, um, yeah. So, interesting thing that happened this week is they welcomed in new House Speaker. You remember last week I told you about our House Speaker and how he, uh, resigned because he, um, gave accolades to a war veteran that was actually a Nazi. <laughs> So he resigned and they needed a new house speaker. So I think to try now, again, these are my opinions. Um, I think he is trying to, um, I don't know how to say this without sounding contrary. I don't know how to say this without sounding like I'm... Okay, so I'm sure the person that is the new House Speaker is the best person for the job. Um, but... Okay, let me find an article. Okay, so, aha, all right, here we go. So, the Liberal MP, Greg Fergus, is Canada's new House of Commons speaker, following a secret ranked ballot election on Tuesday. It is the day for political history books. As Fergus becomes Canada's 38th speaker and the first black Canadian to hold the prestigious role. Now, do you see what I'm, I'm what I'm saying? I think Justin's trying to do is, you know, we are not a Nazi country. We do not support Nazis. We do not support any kind of anything like that. Um, yeah. So I didn't know this though. There's this tradition that when a new House Speaker is appointed, they are literally grabbed by the arms literally dragged into Parliament. Um, I, I did not know that. Let me, let me tell you. Okay, so all videos. Okay, so the custom has its roots in the speaker's function to communicate the common opinions to the monarch. Historically, if the monarch didn't agree with the message being communicated, then the early death of the speaker would follow. So, the Speaker of the House 
is the presiding officer and is charged with numerous duties and responsibilities by law and by the House rules. As the presiding officer of the House, the Speaker maintains order, manages its proceedings, and governs the administration of its business. So when they elect a new one, um, oh, finally, okay. So following the vote, Greg Fergus was physically dragged to the Speaker chair in the House of Commons by the Prime Minister and the opposition leader. Now, the new Speaker being dragged to their seat is an old tradition and one that had many Canadians online confused, me being one of them. Every time a new chair is selected to become Speaker of the House, the winner is dragged to the chair, and it's a tradition that stems from the United Kingdom and dates back hundreds of years. So this is one of those things that we still maintain and still honour um, from when we were under British rule. Historically, the UK Speaker of the House was responsible for relaying opinions from the House of Commons to the reigning king or queen. Now, throughout history, if the monarch had a problem with the message delivered by the speaker, the official could be killed as a result. And that's where don't kill the messenger. This naturally led to people being hesitant to accept the role and subsequently being dragged to their chair when given the position. According to the UK Parliament, Seven speakers were executed between 1394 and 1535, hence the reason why some were reluctant to step into the new job. So, yeah, he is not Toronto's favorite rapper. You're only saying he's Toronto's favorite rapper because he's from Toronto. He's famous. I'm pretty sure if you walked around Toronto, there is nobody in Toronto that would go, yeah, we like Drake, man. Uh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Just no. Um, I'm on my local news, so <laughs> you have to give me a minute while I kind of scan and see what's going on in my little world. Um, yes, the, uh, the Manitoba NDP leader, Wab Kinnear, made history on Tuesday, becoming the first ever First Nations person to be elected as premier in the province's history. We are just making history all over the place. Let me tell you. And it's kind of neat because he is NDP. The color for NDP is orange. We wear orange shirts on um, Reconciliation Day to honor the indigenous people in our country. So it's kind of cool. Um, the win also signifies the first time the Canadian province has elected a First Nations premier. Uh, he was elected to the Manitoba legislature in 2016 and has led the Manitoba New Democratic Party since 2017. Yay. That's all cool. Okay. So that's the serious stuff out of the way. Ooh. No, I'm not looking at you. Sorry. I was just reading. Hi, baby. I love you. <laughs> no, it just popped down. Um, yeah, today is a big day for me in my Duolingo uh, Duolingo Spanish Quest. Today is, marks day 50. Yeah, 50 days in a row I have been attempting to learn Spanish. And if you give me the words, I can figure out what they say. Pretty sure I couldn't talk to somebody yet. But yeah, I've done it 50 days in a row. Okay, so uh, where are we sitting at? Because I've just kind of rambled on. Oh, All right, so we are going to do Banned books. Speaking of banned, 
We are going to discuss banned books in 2023. Why are we going to discuss banned books in 2023? Well, because I live in a country that has written into our, hang on, hang on, uh, all right, so, do, 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 um, uh, hang on, okay, so, what's happening? Canadian government guarantees freedom of speech and of the press, bullshit, written within responsible limits. It's in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and it is quite rare for Canada to ban books domestically outside of wartime. So Canada will not ban books because we have the freedom of speech and press bullshit. Um, I'm sorry, that seems to be like a visceral response to that. And I say bullshit because um, there have, we're not allowed to get Canadian news on Facebook anymore or on Instagram. We're not allowed to post news anymore. And it looks like, um, well, So this whole um, bill that was passed, uh, there's going to be this new thing called a podcast registry. Well, there is a podcast registry. The CRTC has a podcast registry. And Bill C-11 gave the CRTC sweeping powers to regulate the online world. And they that means that they can regulate and control what is said and what is, what podcasts are allowed to be produced, what you're allowed to say on said podcasts, what you're not allowed to say on said podcasts. So that whole thing with the spotted fly telling me I can't say these things on their platform, well, that platform has now come become my entire country. Um, so the CRTC is Canada's broadcast regulator and is demanding that companies offering podcasts on social media services in Canada register with the government by November 28th. Um, so now they're saying that you could be censored. Um, Trudeau is trying to crush free speech. I'm just kind of paraphrasing here as I'm reading the article. So that is a little scary. Now, luckily for me, the only thing Canadian about my podcast is me. <laughs> I'm it. Good luck at censoring me. Try it. <laughs> You'll see how well that turns out. Um, everything else about Lupa's Bits is American. It's produced in the States. It's launched in the States. It's streamed in the States. Yes, Canadians do listen to it, but they listen to it from an American streaming link. So I'm okay. Unless, you know, Biden, not today, Biden. <laughs> that, that was that was actually an accidental slip. I did not mean to call him bidet. <laughs> Which, you know what a bidet is, right? It's that little 
thing that washes the shit off your ass. <laughs> no, he's the one that... <laughs> anyway. Um, told you I was in a mood. This is why I put the disclaimer at the beginning of the podcast. Um... But I do know of podcasts on our network that are produced and streamed and launched solely in Canada that could be in trouble because they are very controversial. They will talk about anything. They will voice their opinions and they don't give a flying fart who listens and who who gets upset. They are not out there to people, please. So they could run into some issues. Um, but that's okay, because I know an American podcast company that could help them out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and I think the worst that could happen for me would be that my podcast couldn't be streamed in Canada anymore. And I have, what, five Canadian listeners, maybe? Most of my listeners are American or um, Australian. Hi, Tim. Or um, from Nigeria and other countries. So to not be able to stream in Canada, that would be, you know, I would be upset, but it won't break my podcast it won't crush my podcast i will still be here and i will probably be stronger because you know <laughs> now i've been banned in an entire country not just from a social platform but from an entire country I mean, look at me go what can i talk about now so um and there are ways to get around that um I'm not going to discuss those ways because those aren't necessarily legal, but there are ways. Anyway, yeah, you see my podcast is on like the black web, the dark black web, the dark web. People are downloading pirated copies. <laughs> I'm sending out, you know, the raw unedited versions to all my Canadian listeners. <laughs> Get it here. <laughs> open up like you know my jacket and there's all these little usb drives hang thumb drives hanging from the inside got your podcast <laughs> okay oh man all right so banned books there are no banned books in canada we can read but there are banned books in the u.s and um I know of somebody who has been buying up as many of the banned books as he possibly can before he can't. So this is the list that I have found of the banned books in the U.S. So the first one on the list is The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian. And it's Spokane Indian Reservation, 14-year-old junior, beset with physical problems caused by brain damage, transfers to an all-white school, and he's bullied and, and picked on. Um, it's got some strong language. It was banned and challenged for profanity, sexual references, and allegations of sexual misconduct by the author. Um, all boys aren't blue. 
it was banned because it includes LGBTQIA plus content and profanity. Uh, the Bluest Eye, you got that one, uh, was banned and challenged because it depicts child sexual abuse and was considered sexually explicit. Keep that one on the really high shelf. Now, okay, I, I, I voiced this opinion rather strongly, I think, <laughs> earlier in the week when I had this particular conversation with my live studio audience. I do believe in removing certain books from, say, public school. Now, something that has child sexual abuse in it or any sexual connotation should not be in the same section where a grade three is going to go and get the very hungry caterpillar. Oh, wait, no, that one was banned too. Um, say Charlotte's Web. Oh, wait, no, that one was banned as well. Charlotte's Web. Yeah, it's on the list. Um, I don't know, any of the Dr. Seuss books. So, I do believe that the books in a school library need to be appropriate to the ages of the children going to school there. I don't think a kid in grade three should be reading about child sexual abuse. Now, you can make the argument that if that child in grade three reads that book with that abuse in it, it may open them up to be willing to talk about it if they are being abused at home. But let's make better avenues. Let's make it more accessible for them to be able to talk to the adults. Stop telling them that their parents are the enemy. Unless their parents are the enemy. But that's besides the point. That is an entirely different podcast. Um, yes, I do believe that certain books should not be in the public school system. In They, they should be age appropriate, okay? I don't think we should have something like Stephen King's It available to a kid in grade two. Now, if you have a section in your library for grades seven and eight, although I'm pretty sure most kids that are in grade seven or grade eight shouldn't be reading It. Don't be nodding your head. We're weird. Your kids were raised on horror. My kids were raised on horror. Your kids were raised on the movie directorial side of it mine were raised watching it so our kids are different um you better be typing to me boy you're having a conversation with somebody else during my podcast when you are supposed to be paying attention to all of this and you are typing you were so tight your phone back i know when you're typing trust me your phone bounces Yo, he's playing Monopoly. <laughs> Stay away from my properties. Somebody's already damaged them all and stole all my money. Anyway, um, I do believe that the books in the school libraries should be age appropriate. Okay? You're not going to go to the adult section in the library and find those books in the school library. And in high school, then yes, the books become a more broader range. That's what I needed to say. Okay, so now it doesn't say if these were banned from public from now. Okay, so when I say public school, I mean grades junior kindergarten to grade eight. I know the grading system is different in the U.S. You've got primary, 
middle, and then high school, right? So they don't say if these books are banned from kids grade 8 and under or grades 9 through 13. We don't have 13 anymore, do we? No, 9 through 12. Um, here's one for you, The Catcher in the Rye. They have been trying to ban that book forever. You have that one. You just got it. Um, since its publication, the title has been a favorite target of censors, banned for excess vulgar language, sexual scenarios, things concerning moral issues, excessive violence, and anything dealing with the occult and communism, among other things. They tried to ban it shortly after John Lennon's death because the man who shot John Lennon was actually carrying the catcher in the rye. He was sitting on a bench waiting for John and, and Yoko to come home, reading the catcher in the rye before he shot him. A few other, other there is a dark history to the catcher in the rye. Yes, I'm Googling it for you. Many were shocked to learn that his murderer, Mark David Chapman, was found, John Lennon, Mark David Chapman was found reading The Catcher in the Rye outside of the Lennon house after the murder. Um, Chapman explained that Holden Caulfield would have killed John Lennon, who was a notorious phony, so he said. This is what he said at the court case. So, um... So in the novel, such autobiographical details are transplanted into a. So this car, I think it's a cab, just went around the corner and just stopped in the middle of the street. Just stopped. Headlights facing the sidewalk. It's just there. I don't know. An ambulance showed up today and they came across the street and then went back. I think they were looking for somebody. They couldn't find them. Um, so after being expelled from four schools and not liking anything, he's tried, Holden fantasizes about becoming a catcher in the rye. This is the, the deeper meaning to the book. Uh, this would make him responsible for saving children from falling off a cliff. The symbolic meaning is saving the innocence of childhood from the pretense of adulthood. Here come some people. Oh, that's crazy, dude. I got some crazy people in my town, and they all come out at night, especially when it's hot. No, he's, he continued walking. What's this, dude? this dude lives in that building, I think. Oh, somebody got out of the cab, and they're staggering. Oh, look. The homeless lady took the cab to the park. I'm not kidding. I'm watching her. She's all dressed up and heading to the park across the street. Down she goes. I'm not quite sure how she paid for her fare. Don't want to know. Don't want to know. So anyway, yeah, Catcher in the Rye has been a book they have been trying to ban forever. Okay, Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Web was banned due to themes of death and the fact that the main characters are talking animals. 
Oh, she's back. She's getting back into the cab. Okay. Um, yeah, so Charlotte's Web was banned because the main characters are talking. Have they met Disney? Do they know Mickey Mouse is actually a six-foot flipping rat? Goofy is a dog. Donald Duck. I mean, come on. They're talking animals. Okay, Goofy doesn't really talk. Well, Goofy talks. Pluto doesn't talk. Actually, I don't think Pluto, I don't think Goofy is a dog. Goofy's not. What is Goofy? He's a dog? Okay. All right. Uh, the next one on the banned list, Crank. The book was has frequently been banned and challenged in the United States because of drugs, offensive language, and being sexually explicit. Diary of a Young Girl by Anne Frank. Now, that is the actual name of the book. The Diary of Anne Frank is actually called Diary of a Young Girl by Anne Frank. Um, banned mostly in regard to passages that were considered sexually offensive, as well as for the tragic nature of the book, which some felt might be depressing for young readers. The passages in question regarding Anne describing her anatomy, sexual feelings, and homosexual descriptions of her friend. Okay, you know what? <clears throat> they need more books where young women in the books and the women that are, are crossing the threshold into puberty are discussing those things because a lot of young girls don't feel comfortable talking to their moms or talking to their dads about that kind of thing. No, that just makes them really uncomfortable. They don't want to talk to their, especially if they have their dad to talk to. They don't want to talk to their dad about how, you know, the no-no places are getting a little fuzzy or they're crampy or they're, you know, chest hurts and not because they're having a heart attack. How do you approach your parents on stuff like that? Most parents don't want even to think about the fact that their little babies are growing up and developing things and happening and all of that stuff. So, yes, they need books in the library for children to read. Like, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. But the, the biggest thing I have with Anne Frank is they need to read about the Holocaust, about what happened to those people during that time from a child's perspective. Because it's it's a true story. It's not a made-up story. It's actually happened. It's her actual damn diary. <sighs> okay, rant over. Okay, I lied when I said that this podcast wasn't going to be ranty. I should have known better when I was going to do the band book list that I might get a little testy about a few things. So, okay, so... The Glass Castle, a memoir. This one was banned due to strong sexual situations, alcoholism, and abuse, both physical and sexual. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I haven't read that one. I might have to read that one. Gone with the Wind. Yes, I am beating myself in the forehead. Gone with the Wind. It's a classic. And it's banned. Banned for its betrayal. Uh, what is it Kevin Lawson says? Jesus, fix it. 
banned for its betrayal of slavery, racism, and the glorification of the antebellum South. The book has been criticized for romanticizing the Civil War and depicting black characters as subservient to white characters. I'm taking a moment. I am organizing my thoughts. Okay, I'm censoring my thoughts. <laughs> and 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 I'm trying to Okay, first of all, it was written in 1937. Oh wait, sorry. It won the Pulitzer Prize in 1937. The era that the book is written in, that's how life was in that era. Slavery was a very real thing. Doesn't make it right. I'm not condoning it. Don't come at me. I'm not condoning it. Doesn't make it right. But if you're trying to write a historically accurate fiction book, you need to study the history of the era that you're writing in. And if you are writing in the antebell about the antebellum South and the Civil War, that's how it was. And instead of trying to erase that history, why don't you use that book as a stepping stone for a conversation on how to not let that happen again? Instead of just banning the book. Like it never existed. Oh, sweet. Grapes of Wrath. That's the next one on the list. Grapes of Wrath. Banned as viewed as communist propaganda. And many farmers and agricultural groups are irate that it lamented anger about their labor practices. The Handmaid's Tale. I banned that one because, you know, that's becoming rather accurate. Yeah, I know you bought that one. Uh, banned and challenged for profanity and for vulgarity and sexual overtones. Okay, hold on. Hold. Time out. Time out. <laughs> uh, overtones? Have you read the book? There are no sexual overtones. The whole premise of the book, the whole premise of The Handmaid, is she is the only one, there are a select few women that are still able, in this dystopian future, that are still able to give birth. Most women are barren. So it becomes the handmaid's job to give birth to the elite's children. And they describe how that happens. There is a whole thing. The wife is involved so that the, the handmaid is just a vessel, just a tool. The husband and wife are the ones really having the, 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 the moment. They're just using the handmaid as a go-between, kind of. Um, I don't know how to explain it without actually explaining the act. So, what? 
I'm not saying that. No. <laughs> no. Um, and once the handmaid could no longer deliver the goods, then um, she was removed. And they, yeah. <laughs> okay, next. Uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stones. Now, this is how you can tell it's an American list. Because everywhere else in the free world, it is called Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. And now, I do want to know, because I can't remember. Why did the U.S. change the name of Harry Potter and the... Couldn't spell philosopher, so figured that, you know, Google would just know what I meant. They did. The reason why the title was changed was because the U.S. publisher, Scholastic, thought that kids wouldn't want to read a book with the name philosopher in it. According to reports, J.K. Rowling later said that she regretted the ch this change and wouldn't have agreed to it if she had been in a stronger position at the time. I completely understand where she's coming from. When you're just trying to get your books out there and read, you will agree to just about anything that the publisher wants as long as they're going to publish your book and get it out there and get it read. It's when you have a leg to stand on later that you can go back and go, you know what? I really wasn't happy with this part of the, the workings. Can we change it up now? Can we do something different? Um, yeah. So, uh, okay. So, yeah, Harry Potter. Harry Potter books are now the most challenged book of the entire 21st century. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? The Harry Potter books are the most challenged books of the entire 21st century. Banned for containing witchcraft, the occult, and anti-family themes. Do what now? It is a fantasy story. It's not real. You crazy Americans. Okay. So the next one on the banned book is The Hate You Give. Now, this is banned for profanity and violence and was accused of promoting an anti-police agenda. They listened to anything in the rap genre. Um, the Hill We Climb. Another one, another book on the band list. Banned because the poem, among other works, included references to critical race theory, indirect hate messages, gender ideology, and indoctrination. Again, teaching material. Okay, how to be an anti-racist. This was challenged and banned for vulgar language and discussions of race. Now, this is an award-winning author theorizes what an anti-racist society might look like and how individuals can play a role in building it. Discusses the roles of ethics, history, law, and science in racial justice. It was a bestseller in 2019. Hmm. Have you noticed that a lot of the books that they challenge and that they ban are books that cause the reader to be a critical thinker? Uh, oh, this one just makes me just, 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 oh. Yeah. 
I don't, I don't even, I can't, it, <laughs> just, just, this one being banned just turns me into, like, somebody who no longer has the ability to form words, just makes guttural sounds. I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings by Maya Angelou. Wow, shut him right off. Um, this is a memoir. This is a memoir by well-known African-American poet and college professor Maya Angelou. Describes her childhood and adolescent, adolescent, wow. That's <laughs> because when I read, I read ahead. And I saw where she was from, hence the weird southern accent on the word adolescent. Describes her childhood and adolescent years in rural Arkansas. Explains it now, doesn't it? You bought it? Um, St. Louis and San Francisco and the racial and gender indignities she endured. Digital restoration of Angelou's original 1970 analog recording for the American Foundation for the Blind. Some violence, some strong language, and some descriptions of sex was banned for language and being too explicit in the book's portrayed portrayal of rape and other sexual abuse. I'm sorry, have they read An Eye for an Eye? They made that one into a movie with Kiefer Sutherland and um, she was in Steel Magnolias too. Yes, I know, Misha, screaming the name at me. Uh, Sally Fields. The Kite Runner. This one was banned for its sexually explicit content, offensive language, and age inappropriateness. And yet, my 11-year-old granddaughter can go into her school library and buy something called the Vampire Stalker. About a girl being stalked by a vampire. They can go into a public library and get the Twilight books at their school library. That depicts a lot of sex. Now, they don't actually have sex until they're married, but Bella's sure trying. Um, talk about extreme stalker syndrome. He stands in her room every night and watches her sleep. I mean, that's sweet once in a while, but every night. Dude, it's a little possessive. A little possessive. And yet they can't read a book. They can't read Charlotte's Web. I don't understand. They can read a book about a glittery vampire, but they can't read a book about a really sweet spider and a really cute little pig. Because they're talking animals. And it deals with death. <sighs> Sorry, but you bet you if you could walk, you could walk into any of these school libraries in the United States. I challenge Zoe and Lily to go into their school library. I bet you they'll find Bambi. I bet you they'll find Bambi. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Cinderella. Pick one. Bet you they'll find Bambi. And the main theme, the very beginning, the opening context of the entire story for Bambi is the fact that 
Bambi's mother gets shot by a hunter. And it's full of talking animals. Rabbit, a skunk, a deer. Lawn Boy. That's another one that's on the banned list. Banned and challenged for LGBTQIA plus content and because it was considered to be sexually explicit. Leaves of Grass. This is a classic work of poetry by Whitman. <laughs> I want to cry. Who, born in New York in 1819, was a teacher, editor, war correspondent, and government clerk. The poems included in Leaves of Grass present a broad view of Whitman as a philosopher, propagandist, humorist, and poet. When lilacs last in the, door, in the dooryards bloomed, a tribute to Abraham Lincoln describes the grief of those watching the passing of the train bearing the president's body. Banned and as deemed obscene, too sensual, and shocking because of its frank portrayal of sexuality and its obvious homoerotic overtones. Oh, people, pull the stick out of your ass. Looking for Alaska. Banned for offensive language, sexually explicit scenes, homosexuality, and unsuitable religious viewpoints. Unsuitable religious viewpoints. Oh, yeah, I'm settling in for this one. Unsuitable religious viewpoints. What do they mean by unsuitable religious viewpoints? Not their religious viewpoint? That's not very Christian of them. Oh, I'm biting my tongue. Trust me. I'm, I'm, I'm. What is considered an unsuitable religious viewpoint? I would classify worshiping Satan an unsuitable religious viewpoint. Um, <laughs> Luciferians, unsuitable religious viewpoint. Okay, I need to, I need to read, um, it's for senior high readers. So for those in high school, it's, it's geared towards them. It's a 16 year old girl is the main character. Um, she encounters new experiences, challenging classes, extreme pranks, and Alaska Young, a moody, sexy girl whose death in a car crash might be suicide. I don't see any unsuitable religious viewpoints. I might need to read that book. The Lovely Bones. Happen to have a copy of it? Right here. <laughs> In my hot little hands. Um, because my sister bought it. And it was made into a movie. It is a heart-wrenching movie and the book is not much better the book is actually more detailed um there are things that 
you can't translate from book to movie. Um, and it is banned due to sexual content and language. And the thing is, is um, with that book, none of the sexual content is shown. It's not talked about. It's it's suggested that maybe. Um, it's it's set up that you understand that that is what happened, but um, you don't find out until the end of the book for sure. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's a good book. I don't understand why it's banned. It could very well be in a high school library. Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. This book was banned and challenged because it was considered sexually explicit and degrading to women. <clears throat> there are so many books out there that could fall into the degrading to women category. Um, and again, I say great teaching opportunities have your class read this book discuss the themes in the book discuss how society has changed from when the book was written to how things are today use it as a teaching experience <sighs> sorry just bothers me nickel and dimed uh this was banned and challenged for drugs inaccurate it's inaccurate, apparently. Offensive language, political viewpoint, and a religious viewpoint. So now I'm reading about inspired by welfare reforms. Barbara Ehrenrich was an undercover journalist working as a waitress, a hotel maid, a cleaning woman, a nursing home aide, and a Walmart sales clerk in succession and trying to make ends meet. She explores surviving on less than $8 per hour as an unskilled worker, concludes that low-paying jobs without support of public services are a disgrace to the U.S. Ah, it's an expose. That explains that. Okay, another one that just makes me just, just, nah. Of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck. I know you bought that one too. <laughs> um, amongst the most banned and challenged books of the last few decades, banned for profanity, morbid and depressing themes, and the author uh, author's alleged anti-business attitude, others have called it derogatory towards African Americans, women, and the de developmentally disabled. It was written in 1937, people. You have to take into account the time it was written. Again, teaching opportunity. When I read of Mice and Men, um, there were a lot of things in the book I didn't understand because I wasn't raised that way. I didn't, I couldn't grasp the concept. So I spent a lot of time talking with my grandfather about those themes and um the profanity didn't bother me my god kids use worse language on the schoolyard 
Drive by any schoolyard, you're going to hear the F-bomb at least six times before you reach the end of the fence. Um, they can be more creative than the adults. They can be more creative than Gen X. I'll give them that. But it sparked a very deep and philosophical conversation with my grandfather, who grew up in... 1937. He was around in 1937. So he was around in the time that this book was written and was was based in. Um, so he could give me his views, his life views from what he experienced. So out of darkness. Uh, banned and as viewed as patently offensive in the description or depiction of nudity, sexual conduct, sexual excitement, sadomasochistic abuse, or excretion. Ew. Ew. Put that one on the list. We need to get that one. Ew. <laughs> um, the Poet X. A novel in verse, frustrated by her mammy's religious aspirations for her, Zimara copes by writing poetry. Uh, this was banned because of its themes of sexuality. See, have you noticed that a lot is sex and religion? Um, for its themes of sexuality and struggling in a religious household. So you're not supposed to think for yourself. Now the next big one. To Kill a Mockingbird. That, in my high school, was required reading for English class. Um, and I still, my favorite character from that book is Scout and Boo Radley. The big, gentle giant that everybody was afraid of because they didn't understand him. Um, it's banned for language and racial depictions. Again, the time frame that the book was written in, and it was also written in, set. the setting is Alabama. Alabama. Hmm. War for water for elephants. Oh my god. Tear my heart out. That was such a good book and an incredible movie. Um it's barred for its sexual content, violence, and extensive use of swear words. <sighs> They're circus folk. Most of them are uneducated. So curse words are, you know, what they know. A Wrinkle in Time. I'm actually watching that on Prime right now. Uh, banned for various reasons, such as being too Christian. <laughs> Have they read it? They've seen the show. Okay. Um, banned for being too Christian, and then also for not being Christian enough. The book's New Age content was constantly critiqued. Yes. It's too Christian, not Christian enough, and way too New Age. 
That poor book. <laughs> That's that is the banned book list. That list. Um, damn. So now we have um, over here the most challenged books: uh, gender queer, uh, all boys aren't blue. The Bluest Eye, Flamer. These aren't giving me reasons why they were banned or challenged. Um, Looking for Alaska. Perks of Being a Wallflower. They made that one into a movie. Lawn Boy again. The Absolute and True Diary of a Part-Time Indian. Out of Darkness. A Court of Mist and Fury. Crank. Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. And This Book is Gay. It says this book is gay. So those are all books that those are banned books week, October 1st to the 7th, 2023. That's the one from the TikTok that you sent me that started that discussion that we had about appropriate books for appropriate ages. Yes. I know. I know. I recognized it right away. Um. So, yeah, um, I, I will say that, um, I am, this is one instance where I am happy to be Canadian because we do have the freedom to read what we want, when we want, wherever we want, however we want. Um, and nobody can tell us you can't read that. So. Which is kind of good because I'm pretty sure penance would be banned for violence. Um, Eternally Bound would be banned for um, racial connotations, depictions of slavery, um, because he had all of the the farm workers and the, the, the stable boys and yeah. Then there was the rape, so it would be banned for that. Um, damn, my book would be on the banned list in the U.S. That's kind of cool. Okay, so where are we sitting? Need to lighten the mood up a little bit. Okay, suddenly, all of a sudden, my podcasts are almost two hours long. Holy crap. Okay, so we're only going to do, we're not going to do, like, I had a whole bunch of Florida men. They were just kind of whatever. Um did you know that there's a TV show called Florida Man now? Got a bunch of episodes out. Yeah, it's on Netflix, I think. Um, Glow in the Dark Florida Man. There is a chemical, PG for short, that Florida lawmaker, lawmakers recently voted to allow to be used in road construction. The problem? PG is a byproduct of fertilizer that gives off radioactive radon gas. <laughs> All the stupid Florida men are going to glow. <laughs> you see them rolling around after they paint the road trying to get themselves covered so they'll glow in the dark. Um, so this may be one of the best Florida men stories of the year. 
let alone the month of May when this article was written. Uh, who among us hasn't felt the frustration of bad Wi-Fi? So odds are that we didn't do what Florida man Michael Barr, allegedly, did involving a stolen SUV, a police chase, a crash into a building, and an ultimate arrest in a motel room. So, we're going to do this one and then we'll do the shooting. We'll end on the shooting. <laughs> um, we all know the frustration. So, the difference between us and Florida Man is that we probably didn't steal a car in order to look for an internet connection. That's the explanation that Michael Barr gave police when he allegedly, of course, stole the SUV. But there's so much more. There are friends who ditched Barr in Miami, who then hijacked his way to Kissimmee and ultimately stole an SUV. When cops caught up with Barr, he jumped out of the vehicle, which was still running, and crashed into a built. Police ultimately found Barr in a motel room, where he was arrested on a variety of charges. All right. So, the best Florida man story. I was actually given... It was given to me this week because somebody really, really, really enjoys my Florida Man segment. And I think it's because he misses it in a podcast that he used to do. So, a Florida Man shot his doctor. Okay. Florida Man, 56, shot his physician close range twice in the chest. <laughs> for, for, for making him climax during a prostate exam. That gives a whole new meaning to turn your head and cough. <laughs> on the day of the crime, which went down on August 22nd, Milo Johansson absconded the state of Florida. Unfortunate, er, fortunately, the physician he shot survived the wounds of gunfire, and he and he has now recovered fully. Johansson, who in Jacksonville was a car salesman, had vanished without a trace. He is presently a fugitive, and some folks think he potentially left the United States. Oh, he better not have come to Canada. Or just send him to Quebec. The doctor he fired upon notes for over 30 years he has been doing prostate exams and guys ejaculate all the time in the midst of the prostate exam. And one's sexuality has nothing to do with it. Is there a button? Really? <laughs> hmm. My live studio audience is now looking very afraid. I need to do a little more research on this. Uh, oh, oh, I have ideas now for my story for the anthology. <laughs> anyway, um, Milo needs help, Dr. Smith elaborated. The prostate is really, the prostate is like a male G-spot, so it's mythical too. And it carries semen. It is very sensitive, so when it is touched and massaged, you get an orgasm with almost no effort. Okay, you know what? 
back in like, hang on. So back in the Victorian era, um, their women were treated for hysteria. Okay. Um, <laughs> so husbands would take their wives to the doctor because wives didn't go to the doctor. The husband took the wife to the doctor and said, look, it fix her. Something's wrong. She's not cooking. She's not cleaning. She doesn't want to have sex with me. And she's crying all the time. Fix her. And they would label that hysteria. So, um, started this conversation just telling you you started this so they would use a tool that was devised in the 1880s to relieve muscle aches and the doctors soon realized that it might be used on other parts of the body um, the innovation shortened treatment time for hysteria because doctors would manually treat the women for their hysteria. Basically, what they were doing, the husbands were bringing the women to the doctors, the doctors were getting them off and sending them home. The treatment for hysteria is orgasm. <laughs> the very first vibrator was created for the medical purpose of bringing the woman to orgasm faster so that her hysteria was treated and she could go home and the doctor's hands wouldn't get sore. He had to do it manually up until then. So the fact that men actually orgasm during a prostate exam is kind of fitting, you know? <laughs> what? It doesn't happen all the time? Okay. Um, the prostate is only accessible through the butt. And it's not very comfortable for most men. I understand that Milo was shocked by what happened to him. An orgasm meant something sexual had taken place between us. And he became very aggressive, ordering me to apologize and say, no, homie. I did, I did not even know what that means. Dr. Smith claimed he was trying his best to calm down Johansson and gently inform him that it was a normal thing. However, he whipped out a pistol, shot him twice, and fled. He was last seen in Jacksonville that day. His 29-year-old significant other said he phoned her and remarked, Hasta la vista. <laughs> that was the last time she heard from him. After that call, his number was out of service. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm pretty sure if I had a visit with my doctor that ended up feeling that good, I don't think I'd shoot him. I would schedule another appointment on my way out. <laughs> Dude, you give me the happy drugs after you make it. I, I, wow. Okay. I get a happy ending at the doctor's office. I didn't even have to pay for it. Perfect. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So on that note, 
Um, if you're going to get a prostate exam and you've never had one before, be forewarned. Okay? Take a clean pair of shorts. Just throwing that out there. All right, everybody. I am going to wrap this up for this week because it's another long one. And um, you know the drill. Be kind. Be kind to yourself. I talk about, on my TikToks, I talk about um, self-care. Self-care is not the same thing as caring for yourself. Caring for yourself, you feed yourself, you bathe yourself, you clothe yourself, and you put yourself to bed. Self-care could be, you know, relieving some stress. <laughs> um, having a hot shower. And, and to all of my female listeners... Get a good, good, good shower massage head. That's all I'm saying. Five speeds, man. You only really need one, but work yourself up. Five speeds. Um, Self-care is doing stuff for yourself. Take yourself out on a date. Treat yourself to ice cream. Treat yourself to a day in bed binging old movies and, and TV series that you love and eat nothing but junk food. You know, that is self-care. Self-care is taking care of not only your physical body, but your emotional needs and your mental needs. Caring for yourself is just taking care of your physical body. And if you don't self-care, then caring for yourself becomes really, really difficult. Okay, so be kind. Be kind to yourself. And please, don't lick shit. And if you do, don't put it on TikTok because it'll get taken down. To get a community guideline violation. All right, everybody, have a good week, and I will talk to you all next week. See ya. Carry on, my There'll be peace when you are gone. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry.